Today, the Community Mailbag is back. We're going to answer your marriage and money questions. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Welcome to another Community Mailbag episode where we tackle your marriage and money questions. And we have some great ones today. These past two years have been challenging for many in our community because of the uncertainty. For some couples, the big goal is to get back to their financial goals because they've hit the pause button for a while. Not getting any worse with their finances, but not making the progress that they want to. Today, we're going to focus on how to get back on track by honing in on key goals to tackle this year. We also have some couples looking forward to buying a house in the near future. So something that they want to do now is to raise their credit scores to hopefully qualify for a competitive mortgage rate. Finally, one lesson that's really sunk in these days is the importance of having a financial cushion. The first step with that is getting a starter emergency fund up. How do you jumpstart that process? We have so much to cover today, so let's get started. This first question about getting back to your financial goals is really encouraging to me. It tells me you're ready to move forward with not just your finances, but with your other goals, and that you feel a little bit more comfortable with where you are now. The question may be, which goal should you tackle? For us, we do see this as a financial journey. Even though you have a ultimate destination, along the way, there's some pit stops, milestones that you're going to hit. With your financial journey at each stage or phase, your goals and plans are going to be adjusted based on what's the priority. If I had to break it down to the most basic stages, I would say couples typically progress from establishing financial stability, getting some financial agency, and then financial freedom or independence, depending on what your ultimate goal is. There's this idea that I picked up from reading City Frugal, where you make this mental switch of going from having enough money to defining it by having enough too. When we talk about our goals, sometimes it's a bit too vague and it could be hard to pin down and hard to track our progress. If you use the word enough too, it can allow you to get a number. It's not going to be entirely accurate the first time, but even having a ballpark figure and estimate can help you work towards that goal because you're having something that you're shooting for. Let's look at your finances through that lens and see if we can come up with some goals depending on where you are with your financial journey. That first phase, what you're focused on is building financial stability. So making sure that you have a sustainable budget that allows you to cover the bills. The second step in that building financial stability is to make sure you have enough money to ride out a financial emergency. I don't think any of us anticipated this global pandemic, but the truth is emergencies do happen to us all. This would be the stage and phase where you create that financial cushion and you begin with that starter emergency fund, which we'll get into a little bit more later in the episode. 
let's get into this next phase, which is pursuing financial agency. You have some breathing room. You have a budget that's sustainable. You have a emergency fund that you have started and you're building. And you also have enough to cover bills, including paying down your debts. It's not a bad spot to be in, but there's still some things that you can continue to do. One goal that you may have is increasing your investment contributions. If your job offers a match with 401ks, that's a fantastic place to start because that is extra money in your pocket from your employer. Having this breathing room with your finances can also give you enough space for you to take a step back and maybe evaluate how your career is going. Perhaps you enjoy what you're doing, but you want to negotiate a pay raise. Now you're coming from a position of strength or you're not happy with where you are. Perhaps you want to switch jobs or even careers. This is why it's so beneficial to have that financial cushion. It can absorb some of the stress that comes up when you make a big transition. Now, this last phase or area of your journey is about financial freedom. You might be at a point where saving is more optional. You've invested enough to have a traditional retirement. Now you can decide, do you want to still go in and pursue financial independence? Or do you want to slow things down, improve the quality of life choices, cut back on the work hours, volunteer more? That's a decision that the two of you can make. Finally, you have enough money to where work is optional. You can, in theory, live off the money you save, you invested, and you're covered. But many couples I speak to, even if they are pursuing financial independence, are also looking for projects that they're passionate about for that next stage in their lives. They want to make a contribution to their community in some way or form. Depending on where you are with your finances, you can see there are so many different goals that you can pursue. Whatever goal you choose, make sure you frame it as a SMART goal and that it reflects your circumstances and style of handling your finances. You want to create goals that are specific, measurable, and meaningful that can help the two of you keep track and achieve them because they're time-based. Make a spending plan or budget that reflects those goals and then automate your money so that your hard-earned cash is moving in the direction you want. Best wishes on your goals. All right. Our second question is, how do we raise our credit scores? While I don't believe your credit score is an accurate representation of your financial state, it's something that affects your finances in so many different ways. Lenders look at your credit score when deciding what rates you qualify for. And if you're looking at a big purchase like a house, that can mean tens of thousands of dollars or more over the life of your mortgage. If you're going to be house hunting or refinancing your mortgage soon, I can understand why you want to raise your credit score. Let's start by looking at how your credit score is calculated. When we talk about credit scores, we use them interchangeably with credit reports. And while they are connected, they're not the same. Quite simply, your credit scores, and yes, you have more than one, are calculated based on what's on your credit report. Your credit report is a record of your payment history with your debts. It's supposed to help lenders determine your credit worthiness. Basically, are you capable of paying back on your loans? You have three credit reports, one with each bureau, Equifax, Experion, and TransUnion. 
According to FICO, credit scores are calculated by a few factors weighted differently. 35% is your payment history. 30% is the amount you owe. 15% length of credit history. 10% new credit. And then 10% is types of credit. Your credit score is a number between 300 to 850 that each of the credit agencies assigns based on the information of your credit report. As you can see, there are certain key factors that can help you effectively and efficiently raise your credit score. The first step is reviewing your credit reports. Since your score is based on what's in those reports, you have to make sure they have it right. You can use annualcreditreport.com to get your reports from all three bureaus. As the name suggests, it used to be that you could get one report each year from each of the bureaus. But now during the pandemic, you can check weekly, which I think really should be the default, or at least monthly. You want to make sure that your credit history is accurate. Is there a late payment that should not be in there? Do you have an account that is marked as open, but that's already been closed? Surprisingly, there are mistakes that happen in credit reports. And unfortunately, it's up to you to make sure that they are fixed. I'll include links to some dispute letters that you could send to the credit bureaus if you do find a mistake on your report. By getting that squared away will hopefully get your score in a better position. Your next focus should be automating your payments because your payment history by far has the biggest influence on your credit score. You don't want to have any late payments, delinquencies on your record. You want to have a consistent history of paying your bills on time if you haven't already, set up your bill pay system to take care of those accounts. If you're carrying unnecessary and or high debt, like credit card debt, focus on paying that down and off. While having regular activities on credit cards is considered beneficial in terms of your credit score, carrying too much debt can financially strain you and it does not look good for lenders. So be sure to pay your balances off quickly. I'm going to talk about another factor that goes with your credit score, which is your credit utilization ratio. Basically, how much of your available credit are you using? Now, of course, if you have, for example, a credit card with $10,000 credit limit and you're using up $9,000 of it, it's not going to look good on the lender side, but it also hurts you financially and it is a strain. Lenders like to see low ratios of 30% or less. But remember, that's a minimum. Ideally, for your own financial benefit, you want to get rid of that unnecessary and high interest debt. Now, what happens when you've paid it off? Should you close the account? Here's where you're going to have to make a personal choice. If you're getting a mortgage, you're going to go the traditional route with lenders and you're focused on a higher credit score for your mortgage then you want to temporarily keep the account open, at least until after you get approved for the mortgage and close on that house. If you have a problem with debt, if one or both of you have a problem with carrying unnecessary debt, then this may be a situation where you put your finances ahead of your credit score and just close that account. Just be aware that it could affect your credit score. I also want to mention a tactic that some people have been told to use to raise their credit score that can hurt you financially. That's opening new accounts 
just so you can raise your score. Again, it goes back to that credit utilization. But instead of focusing on paying down what you do have and improving your finances while increasing your score, they're going to go for a quick fix by opening an account, therefore saying, oh, I still have a $3,000 balance, but now my credit limit has jumped to $20,000. That could be a real danger depending on your financial situation. And for some couples, it keeps them in that loop of debt. If that's something you're worried about, the great news is that there are different offers out there that can be a better fit for you. One is opening a credit builder account. And there's different providers like Self that can help you do this. Let me explain how it works. You set up a account where you specify the amount that you want to take out and the time frame. And it's going to be based on what fits your budget. Each on-time monthly payment builds up your credit history, and gets added to your savings. Once you've hit that goal and you've paid off the credit builder account, your certificate of deposit or CD unlocks and the money is yours. There's some minor fees and interest involved, but this is a way for you to get into the habit of saving and still also improve your credit history. There are a few providers of these types of accounts out there but I did do an interview with Self a few years ago that I'll link to so you can learn more about them. Hopefully this will help you not just build up and raise your credit score, but your finances. Building your financial cushion is a smart money move. One of the first foundational pieces is your emergency fund. The challenge is how do you get started? How do you find the money? Just as a reminder, we do have a free course called 5 Days to 5K, which walks you step-by-step step on how to find, save, and earn extra money for your goals, including building your emergency fund up. So please go to couplemoney.com 5K if you want to sign up for the course. Right now, what I want to do is give you a high-level review of the process and point out some key conversations the two of you should have as you are getting started. The first one is with any goal that you're having, you want to get a ballpark of how much you need to save and when you would like to have it ready by. It helps you have a way to track and measure your progress. With a starter emergency fund, many people use this rule of thumb of $1,000 and that might be suitable for you. Some couples, though, find that they're more comfortable with a higher amount. That's fine. If you don't have a starter emergency fund, this is one of those few times where I'll tell you, pause on your other goals and focus on getting this done. Once you have those numbers, work backwards to see what your monthly contribution needs to be. That leads us to the next step, which is calculate the difference between what you can put in now for your goal and what you need to fill in that gap. For many couples, they're pleasantly surprised that it is not as big as they imagine. For the portion you can do now, whatever amount it is, go ahead and automate those payments. We can work on closing that gap, but first make sure you set up those transfers for the savings. Now we're gonna look at your budget and we're gonna look at two sides of it. We're gonna look at your expenses, but also your income. Let's talk about optimizing your budget. If you're doing your monthly money dates, this is something very easy you can do. You may have already set up 
a money app or a spreadsheet like with Tiller, where you can pull those numbers quickly and easily. What you're looking for is any money leaks that may be available. In the course, I go over several of the most common ones, but today I want to talk about a money leak we had to fix recently with our internet bill. Like most of you, you've noticed like every year they're trying to raise the rates and we were getting frustrated that they weren't going up by small increments. They were trying to jump it up substantially. I would make the phone call and I would talk to retention or customer service. We would negotiate something or at least pause the raises. This year was a bit different for a few reasons. One, they were going to raise it again, more than the usual jump they request. Second, another provider became available. In this case, it was Google Fiber. So I got into my routine, shopping around, looking for the best deals. I talked with our friends that already used Google Fiber and found that it was a better deal. So we made the switch. Instead of paying more money, we're going to pay the, quote, old price and get double the service. Having these regular check-ins and looking at your budget can yield some great outcomes. There are other ways you can save I go into the course, including how to slash your cell phone bill in half. Finally, sometimes this doesn't get talked enough in the personal finance space. I do think you should optimize your expenses, but you also have to see, is this a matter of income? In the last couple of years, the gig economy or share economy has definitely exploded. So there are different ways, besides being a driver, where you can earn some extra cash. Perhaps you're an animal lover. Pet sitting could be that great fit for you. Or being an online tutor can not only give you some meaningful work, but add money towards your goal. If your city has scooters around town, you may find that picking them up and recharging them can be a great side hustle for you. There's so many different options out there. Sometimes it can be hard to figure out what's the right one for you. Go ahead and sign up for that free course, 5 Days to 5K at couplemoney.com slash 5K. I want to help you achieve your financial goals faster. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, instead of going over our usual key takeaways, I want to highlight how you can send in your marriage and money questions to me. The first way is the newsletter. It's free. You get the latest episodes, articles, and helpful resources sent straight to you each week in your inbox. It's also easy for you to just hit reply to any of those, send in your questions, and it gets sent to me. I personally read them. I will start looking up information and send that to you directly and possibly include it in a future episode, article, or video. Second way is our mailbag form. I really enjoy doing episodes like this 
If you want to send it in anonymously, you can just go to couplemoney.com. And on the side, I've created a form where you can send those directly there. Finally, don't forget, we have a community on Facebook called Thriving Families. What you may not know is that it's just not my community. There's actually a few of us, Andrew, Andy, and I, that jointly manage this group. The reason is we're parents, and just like you, we're trying to balance everything. We want to make sure that we have a space where you feel comfortable asking your questions. It's a great community because we're all in the same boat. Some of us are further along in our journey. So we love to swap stories, tips, and resources on what's working. If you want to join us, just go to couplemoney.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. I'm so grateful you could join us. Next month on the podcast, we're covering a new money goal all through March, how to earn more money. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our music today was from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.